Blog Talk Radio. To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit squidironstuds.com today. Mama told me not to sell work. Mama, 17, 5, same color t-shirt. White. Mama told me not to sell work. Mama, 17, 5, same color t-shirt. Young nigga poppin' with a pocket full of cottage. Whoa, chemo, stop it, chopper, amen. Well, uh, you may have missed us, but we're back. It is the Gridiron Sud Show. I don't know how long it's been since we've done a show. I want to say April. That's a long time. That's the longest layoff we've ever had here on the Gridiron Sud Show. So you're going to have to excuse us if there's a little bit of rust today. Um, Chad Wilson joined here by Amo Calamino. You still remember how this thing works, Amo? Oh, yeah. We were just, uh, you know, we were just we're, we were just getting better when we were away. That's all. Yeah, I couldn't even get the intro right, man. Started off with a gridironstuns.com commercial. But nevertheless, we are here and we are with you for the next hour talking about uh, all of the things that are going on. I mean, it's been, what, four or five months here we've missed? There's been a couple of things that have happened. Wouldn't you say so, Amy? Uh, well, I hope you're not going to summarize it all in, in 10 seconds. There's been so much we missed. I mean, all I know is, you know, I kept telling you last year when we had on the NFL analyst from the uh, – Bleacher Report to that I like to use that app on my phone. Matt Miller, yeah, yeah. I mean, I keep you know I'm I'm thinking I missed something. Do they still sign letters of intent in college in February? Um, they still do, as a matter of fact. But okay, that they keep blowing up my phone every day this on. summer with with who committed to who, and I'm thinking to myself, and and I care about what this why it's July and August. I mean, tell hey, me in like hey, December. You you better relax, my friend. You're spitting in the face of a lot of college football fans right now, and I'm, my timeline on Twitter is littered with college football recruiting fans, and they will vehemently oppose what it is you're talking about right now. Those commitments in March and April, I mean days after the signing for the next class, mean everything. <laughs> you understand me? Oh, yeah. They are I still remember that summer of, uh, I want to say tw- it was 2012. It was that year Barkley's last year at SC, and I was all excited myself. Because they had the number one class in July, the number one class. Then they went out and they went, I think, seven and six that year. And well, they ended up with an all right class. A lot of those kids decided that they didn't want any part of seven and six. So I mean, I don't yeah. get real excited about this stuff till uh, December, maybe. Then you can start telling me who's, uh, you know, p- committed. <laughs> the fact that signing day is eleven, uh, ten months, eight months, seven months away means absolutely nothing to the most diehard of uh college football recruiting fans. So don't uh don't rain on their parade. Emma, let's kick this thing off. The biggest thing in the news, I mean in all of the news, forget the fact that um we might get hit with a nuclear bomb from uh North Korea here in the next few days. Nothing has been bigger than what's going on with Colin Kaepernick. You do remember him. He was once the quarterback for the San Francisco forty ers They went to the Super Bowl um, then they weren't so good anymore, and he wasn't so good anymore, and he lost his job as the uh, quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. Um, the world remembers him for taking a knee during the national anthem for several contests one year. 
and now there's a big deal going on. So, Emily, you know, for weeks I've sat and watched America take Colin Kaepernick and use him as their political football. Those who feel disenfranchised by their own situations in life have pointed to the unemployed former San Francisco 49er as a symbol of everything that's going wrong in their lives. I, for one, salute the young man for having the courage to take a stand on something he believed needed attention. And whether anyone wants to believe it or not, Kaepernick's national anthem kneel was effective in drawing attention to police misconduct as it pertains to blacks in particular. The stance that he took has its risk, and he's experiencing them. You have folks out there saying he did nothing wrong and that he's being blackballed out of the league because of the stance he took. This train of thought is completely short-sighted and derives out of the personal struggles that individuals have either experienced or continue to experience. The NFL is 70% black. There's nothing in all of America that is producing black millionaires more than the National Football League. The team, the Baltimore Ravens, that everyone is attacking for not signing Kaepernick has a black general manager. Next to the owner, the GM is the most powerful individual in the NFL's hierarchy. To suggest that every single owner in the NFL got together and said, let's kick this one black player off their roster, is a thought born out of a blind train of thought that has plagued our society since the advent of social media. What is even more troublesome for me is how other African Americans have seen it fit to take to social media to attack other famous blacks like Michael Vick and Ray Lewis for their opposing views to Kaepernick's unemployment. In particular, calling other highly accomplished African Americans coons and Uncle Toms because they don't support your distorted view of the situation. To me, that's an abomination. Oftentimes, those using the term to describe these men want to think of themselves as some New Age Black Panther or freedom fighter. The truth is, you're the worst type of Negro. You are on social media and in public doing a spectacular job for every racist in America. They might as well have you on the payroll. It must warm a racist heart to watch blacks rip each other apart while one high-profile one remains unemployed. It must warm their heart to watch individuals who were once symbols of pride and perseverance in black communities now be destroyed without them even having to lift a finger. They must sit back and laugh as you purport yourself as some sort of black power while destroying another black individual, and a highly accomplished one at that. It, has, it must bring them joy as you reach into the past of Bick and Lewis to rehash their struggles that they had to endure and use it against them now that they disagree with your stance on this situation. Oh, what a victory for the races. You want to know what's the saddest part? What's sad is that while Vic and Lewis were confronting their personal struggles, you were most likely saying they were facing them because they were black. That time it suited your agenda, which is that everything is about race. Now that they, Lewis and Vic, don't agree with you, it's in your best interest to bring up the dogfighting conviction and the murder trial to call them coons. This, in my opinion, makes you a disgrace and a pseudo-buy for all of the racists in America. I could go on and on. But the bottom line is this. Colin Kaepernick took a stand. He's a martyr. He is not the quarterback that he was in 2012. If he was, I promise you, some NFL team would have signed him because they would say, okay, there's some risk in signing this guy, but he can win his football games. That's how it existed in 2012 when he was a zone read quarterback that could run around with the football. That was working then. It's no longer working. Ask RG3. Defenses got smart. They're going to pummel the quarterback when he pulls the football and runs around with it. So Colin Kaepernick, for lack of a better term, is out of style. If he could come in 
and he could work in a system and from the pocket run an offensive coordinator's offense. If they truly believe that, kneeling be damned, national anthem um, situation be damned, he'd be on a football team. And finally, I just want to say this. Backup quarterbacks, Emil, I don't think you and I have watched football like anyone else. I couldn't. I don't know that I could name 10 or 12 ba- uh, backups in the National Football League. And the reason for that is they're supposed to be quiet, not be seen, not be heard, wear the baseball cap on the sidelines, pick up your check, and know you are invisible until the starter gets hurt. And that's impossible right now for Colin Kaepernick, due in large part to the media that is using this for clickbait, and for viewership, everyone else that wants to bring his name up every time a quarterback is needed in an organization. And it's driving me crazy. Well, I mean, you articulated that. You articulated that really well. And, um, you know, let me take a shot at it from two different perspectives and get your your take. First, I'm going to go the football angle, and then I'm going to take you from the white guy perspective watching this. Okay, so first, football. You hit the nail on the head. He's a backup quarterback at this point, okay? No one wants the circus. This is a business decision. No one wants the circus coming to town unless the circus is needed. And and what I mean by that is if you can play, as you said, then I might accept the circus because I can win some games and I'll just deal with the clowns and the jugglers. Um, The circus is is for a backup quarterback, that's a distraction, Sports, and you know this as a coach, is about keeping your team focused. The guys that do it the best, the New England Patriots, seem to be right there every year. They don't let the outside world distract them, and this is a distraction, make no mistake about it. So he can't play well enough to warrant the distraction. And while I may not completely agree with what he's doing, although I see his points, um, I'll defend his right to do it. And as you said, he's dealing with the aftermath, and he, he should have considered that. If it's a problem for him, he should have considered it going in. Otherwise, he's a martyr. He's going to have to accept martyrdom. So you, you nailed that. I mean, to me, that's simple. Now, let me let me back up, though. You, you mentioned race in this. I look at this from two perspectives. I get why black people are fired up about this, even though I disagree with it, and I think your points are very, very valid. Um, you know, they, they see it as, you know, he's being blackballed. They're projecting maybe their situation onto him. I, I don't think white people are against Kaepernick. Here's the difference. White people would be against a white guy doing this because white people tend to support the police more because we haven't been abused by the police. And listen, if there's a white guy out there saying Amos crazy, the police don't target blacks more than whites, that's just not true. Okay, it, they do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure you, you at, at different points, maybe not a lot in your life, at some point you've probably been hassled a little bit by a cop. Maybe it was in Brooklyn when you were a kid. I don't know. For nothing. Um, yeah, I'm not but, saying you were beaten, not, but I'm sure you were looked at strangely, okay? Not not a ton. There have probably been times where I've been stopped and wondered why. Sure. Okay, I haven't. So as a white guy, it's going to be hard for me to make an argument to say that, you know, the, you know, the police don't at some point look – at black people different than white people. Now, some of it could be their life experiences. They're in bad neighborhoods. Maybe most of the people are black. I'm not going to sit here and judge the police. They do a great job. And for all you people out there who don't like the police, if something happens at your house, the first number you're going to dial is the police. I guarantee it, okay? So, but white people tend to support the police a little bit more. So I think if this was a white guy, 
most white people would still feel the same way. They'd say, ah, he's a jackass, okay? So I get the difference, but I think I don't think it's a race issue, really. I think people are seeing it as a race issue, but I think it's purely a business issue. I think you, in your monologue, n- n- boiled this down to what it, what it's about. It's about dollars, cents, and winning football games, which translates eventually into dollars and cents. Um, so I'll go. You know, I'll hold that thought, and I'll go so far as to say this, Emil, uh, for those who want to make it a black and white issue. If I owned uh, so let me not even put it on me because we, we see where I stand. I'll put it on those out there that want to make this a black-white issue. If you owned a soul food restaurant and you uh, had someone out there who had said black people need to get over slavery, are you going to hire that person to be a cook? Probably not. It's not going to be good for you. Okay? No. Now, if that person happened to be the best soul food cook in, in your area or in the country – you might consider it because, hey, he's going to be pumping out some pretty great food that people might not be able to resist despite the fact that he had that view. But it, it, what I'm trying to say is you're going to have to make some – it's not going to be an easy decision for you to make. And that's really what it boils down to. It's a business decision. When a league is 70% black, don't come to me with they're keeping this particular black guy out. Owners – uh, want to beat other owners. They want to win Super Bowls. And if they feel like Colin Kaepernick could win a Super Bowl, they sign Colin Kaepernick. Of course. And, you know, I think, you know, you know, our country, you and I were talking about this a little bit, you know, back and forth, I think, last week on social media in a string. But our country's got warts. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I mean, you know, but so does every place in the world. I mean, every country mm. has some warts. And, you know, slavery is not unique. You know, I, I personally believe this. I think... Probably the worst thing, and you spoke of North Korea, which has which is known for their slave camps. I think one of the worst things you can do, probably the worst thing you can do to another human being, is to enslave them. I'm not sure there's a worse thing you can do than to do that to someone. But slavery is not unique to the United States. I mean, yes, we have our our issues with it, obviously. But I mean, it's been around since the beginning of time. I mean, so right. to sit there and, and say that you know we're you know like we're the only country that is we we have our issues and we we're, we're trying to work through them. I still consider this the greatest place on earth. Uh, I think when you when you were born here, you got a lottery ticket. I mean, you don't realize it, but you were given a lottery ticket because you have an opportunity that a lot of people in other places, if you travel, which is a great educator, would, would kill to come here with yeah. all our warts. They understand, you know, we have warts, but we're working through them. And people have, you know, they say, oh, America's this, America's that. Well, you know what? I don't see anybody leaving to go to Italy, by and large, to France, Mm. back to Africa. Mm. You know, somebody said to me I was implying that people should just go back to Africa. No, what I'm trying to say is I hear people complain, well, it's a free country. You can leave and go anywhere. (laughs) Go to Bahamas. I don't care if you don't like it. (laughs) I mean, I'm I'm just saying nobody's going back. I have ancestors. No, I have ancestors that came here, and I used to ask them, hey, do you ever go back to Italy and visit? What the hell would I go back there for? I left to get away from it. <laughs> right, exactly. And, you know, here's the other thing that I've seen, too. And if, if you go on Facebook and, you you know, you've got people out there that want to, you know, again, uh, make this strictly a black-white issue and that he's being kept out because he's a black man that protested uh, a largely black issue, with, if you click on the name of the person, who I either made the post or who um, emphatically agreed with it, 
And nine times out of ten, when you go scrolling through their page, um, they've made everything a black-white issue. And they're all about that. And they're complaining about everything that's going on. And that's just the agenda that they take on everything. And I'm just uh, really uh, opposed to Colin Kaepernick being used, again, as this political and racial football that people want to use to push an agenda that they pushed long before he uh, could not get a job in the league, long before he took a knee. This was your... Uh, this this is your fight that you've got going on on a daily basis, and it's like you're out there looking for ways to feed this mindset that you have. But, you know, at the end of the day, Emil, uh, you and I have our opinion on this, and others may have the opposite opinion. And that's not the thing that bothers me the most. The thing that bothers me the most is what I talked about in the opener of this show, is that you have guys that disagree with you, and you're turning around and calling them coons, and you're turning around and calling them Uncle Tom's. That's the part that bothers me. We are not going to agree. Um, it's hard to get people to agree in this day and age. And the biggest reason is that, and not just this in, in this day and age, just overall, throughout time, uh, people's experiences are different. So they're going to see things in a different light. Based well, on let me ask you a question because, I mean, you're talking to someone that, honestly, I'm not qualified to speak on that. I would assume that if you're black, that's probably about as offensive as it can get. It's a, it's it's up there. It it really yeah. is up there. Matter of fact, it just might be as offensive as you can get. And it's just disgusting to me that um, one black man or black woman will say that about another black man. Oh, there he is cooning again because he disagrees with your 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 outlook on life. He didn't well, live the life. Well, a lot, a lot of people don't understand that you know, you know we're, we're all in this giant sandbox trying to make our way through the world, and. You know, a guy like Ray Lewis is in a different position now in life, and he tries to be as honest. I mean, I follow the guy on social media. He tries to be as honest as he can, I think. But, you know, he's on TV. He's got a job um, to do. He's he's not going to, you know, he he's not going to run around and ruin his career. And I think he's being honest when he, when he says this stuff. I don't think he's just saying it because someone told him to. I think he's honestly got a different opinion. Um, I hate when they bring up the stuff about him because last I checked, he was never on trial, was he? And I'm, it's almost questionable as to whether he'd be on trial. But you know what? I'm but fall he was back never on, on trial is what I'm saying. He never went on trial, did he? He was never on trial. No, no. Uh, you know, there was there was a deal that needed to be made. But I understand again, that. I'm going to fall back on that because I, I know Ray personally, and my, my, my uh, opinion on it um, – a lot of people tend not to agree with, but the truth of the matter is, I know him better than than virtually all the people that want to come out and say this and that about sure. him. Sure. So, I, I think he's a know. very accomplished guy. I think he's done a lot of great work um, helping people. I've watched stories about him over the years, things he's done for people, black and white, by the way. I mean, I sure. saw a story with a guy who was dying that he became friends with. He would go visit him, a white guy who was a Ravens fan. The guy eventually passed right. away. I forget if he had cancer. Um, we'll go to his house and visit him. Things that people probably wouldn't know about if they didn't see the story. Um, and I, you know, I just like the guy. I think he's, you know, I think he's a great example of what people can do. I'll say this, Emil. He's as genuine a person as there is. And if you and if you want a little evidence to that, it'd be very difficult for him to have been the leader that he was in his locker room if he was not genuine. Um, you could fool some people. It's it's extremely difficult to fool your your football teammates um, if you're just a totally fake person. He's very genuine. That's why people follow. He's 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 a, the man has a good heart and he's genuine. 
and for people to come well, out and not see that. I mean, I mean, at least I can see it, and I don't know him obviously, but I mean, you know, I watch enough. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, I'm 48 years old. I've been around sports my whole life, and you know, you get pretty good at picking out the guys who are full of it when you watch an interview and you see stories and guys who you can just see are leaders of men and people. And I, I like you just hit the nail on the head. That's what this guy is. And 53 or 60 guys aren't following you. If 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 you're not you're not going to fake them all out, okay? Um, and I just think it's wrong to like if you want to make a point, why do you need to take him down while you're making your point? If your point's not good enough because to stand he, on its because own, he differed. Yeah, because he had a different point of view. I don't want to leave Michael Vick out of this either. I mean, Michael Vick uh, made a serious comeback. He could have been buried. He could have just not made his way back into the NFL. And to get where he did after post. The uh, post the prison release, he had to do a number of things. And you know what? This is going to piss some people off. The truth is, Michael Vick was right. Colin Kaepernick should cut his hair if he wants back in the NFL. It'll be a start in the right direction. Vick didn't say, oh, uh, cut your hair and change your views on racism. He simply said, cut your hair. This would at least give the impression that you, you know, won't be a threat to the advertisers or fan base. He's merely suggesting that you hide your views, uh, you know, through your parents to gain entry, and if you want to, that's if you want to obtain access to this platform and and begin making a check again. You're going. You're well, probably let me ask you this. Let me, let me hit you with this. Let's reverse this. You're going for a job interview. You're a 24 year old average grunge white guy. Okay, you know, kid uh, got out of college. Okay, you got some piercings, maybe one in your ear, one through your eyebrow. You're going for a job interview. White collar mm-hmm. job, by the way. I'm going to guarantee you, or pretty much guarantee you, unless you're the best computer programmer in the world, if you walk into that job interview with that stuff hanging out of your face, there's a good chance you're not going to get it. Sure, okay? and you're talking about a computer programmer who's probably going to toil away in a closed-up office or in a cubicle somewhere. But as a quarterback, man, you're talking about, you're talking about going for the job at the front desk where you're greeting people. <laughs> exactly right. And what I'm trying to get at is... It's going to be a difficult hire. What I'm trying to get at, too, is for people, you got to understand your customer base. We still live in a country, you know, we're a diverse country, but I, what, what, what is America still? About 52, 51% white, 13% black, Latino. I mean, so you got, you know, over still half the population's white. I mean, you, you still have to, if, if you want to sell the product, and I don't care what the product is, you still need white people to buy it. Even the NBA needs it, right? They need white people. It's not all black people at NBA games. I mean, come on. Uh, no, absolutely. Um, it, it's majority white, too, by the way. And we could go on and on about that. But um, the truth of the matter is is that, yeah, man, cut your hair. I once said to change your views. Cut your hair. Cut your hair. And, you know, maybe, maybe look, if, if for nothing else, maybe you fool the owner and – um, it makes it look like you're going to be a good boy. And then when you go out there and you rip the league up again, maybe then if you want to put it all at risk again, you have that platform where you could come out and say what you need to say about the next issue or, or continue on with this issue. And, you know, then you'll see just how good you are. If you're really that good, might, hey, man, they might make excuses for you. But if you're coming through there with your hair the way that it is now, it says, hey, man, it looks like things are just going to be the same. And you know what? far as I know – you were a backup quarterback for San Francisco, and sure, you might have got in there and it was 16 TDs and four interceptions that everyone keeps pointing to. The truth of the matter is, despite that, your team wasn't winning, and you can go on and on and on about it. 
I want to, uh, Amo, bring this to the, the pure football aspect of this. If we just eliminate the kneel, uh, eliminate the whole national anthem thing and the protesting on um, police brutality in America, if we're just looking at this from a pure football aspect, which is what I want to get to, because you know what? I've gotten tangled up with a few people on Facebook that I'm pretty sure have no idea what Colin Kaepernick um, does, who he is, but they're using this thing as their um, racial football. And they got no clue, really, about football. They halfway know the game. So if we're going to talk about this from a pure football standpoint. It might be a little easier for some people who kind of know the game to understand. We'll do that when we come back from the break. Stay with us. It's the Gridiron Stud Show. Hey, 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 do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payouts. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over 600000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and, get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! The Macho Man Randy Savage is not happy. Unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. Outside interference here. Yeah. Oh, I'm living in a nightmare. But the cream will rise to the top for oh, you. Yeah. I am the cream. Yeah, let me say it to yeah. you. Let me say it out loud. The cream of the crop. I am the cream. I am the cream, yeah. The cream of the crop! Come on. My way. On balance, off balance, doesn't matter. Nobody does it better. On a gridiron stud show, I'm willing to you know, probably pass out a crisp $100 bill if anyone could tell me uh, what soundtrack uh, that's from. That song we're playing right there. I doubt one knows it. I think I'll say it by the end of the show. I have a feeling right, you're you not worried about me getting it, huh? No, well, look. Um, it's not, <laughs> you know, we're the same age. We both saw this movie. I'm pretty sure of it. Um, 
and 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 you'd be eligible to get it just like anyone else. I just don't think anyone would know. It's one of my favorites, okay. uh, and I don't know why. All right, if you want to join us on the show today, the number to call is 319-527-6059. That's one of the things that changed, Emil, since we've been away, the number to call into the show. And uh, one of our intros, I say the I say the number to the show in there, so uh, I'm going to have to change the intro. Dang it. Don't want to You'll do have that. them all screwed up with that old number. You had, you had me screwed up. I thought you were cutting me out. I was like, hey, is this a joke? Yeah. Yeah, all, all messed up. I want to hear you on this Colin Kaepernick thing. Let's just... Get it all. Uh, let's just go let it all out today. So, again, if you want to reach us on the show today, 319-527-6059. Looks like we have a caller, Emil. Uh, let's, let's see what we've got here. Caller, you on the Gridiron Stud Show. Did you, uh, did you want to talk to the host? I did. Hi, I'm Princess. Hello, Emil and Coach Wilson. How are you all doing? Hey, Princess. Good. How are you? Doing good, doing good. I've been listening to the entire show. You know I've been following this, too. Um, my only comment um, from a female perspective is Greg Hardy is okay to be in the NFL, but not Kaepernick. I'd like to know your thoughts to that. Um, and, and just kind of get, you you know, where you're coming from when you look at it from that perspective. All right, well, Hardy's a cowboy, first. and you're a cowboy fan like yeah. me, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go well, first because well, well, I'm going to let – Yeah, I'm you go first because I'll tackle Hardy later. <laughs> All right, I'm going to say this. There's a couple of things at work here, Princess. Number one is um, Greg Hardy is a supreme talent. That's We're just starting there, an outstanding pass rusher, and it's a risk-reward thing. And then Greg okay. Hardy, believe this or not, Princess, it's a wild world we live in. What he's accused of and the troubles he's had does not raise, ruffle people's feathers as much as what was going on with Colin Kaepernick. Um, And then the other thing is there's two different positions here. When we're talking about your quarterback, there's a whole lot more required. That's like the that's like the face of the program. You know, that's that's the person that's going to be on the media guide. And now we are talking about a backup quarterback in terms of Colin Kaepernick, because that's what he is now. And I'm going to maintain this. Backup quarterback needs to be invisible. I can't stress that enough. They can, there cannot be a crowd around the backup quarterback's locker when you've got someone else leading the team. You can't be rushing to uh, Colin Kaepernick's locker when Aaron Rodgers is the one that's going out there that's leading you every day. It's just a bad situation. I'm, t- I'm, I'm just bringing this to you from a coach standpoint. You don't want that kind of distraction. And if anyone's paid attention to, to Bill Belichick, he just does not he's a he he says it, but this is how probably every coach feels. Could you imagine a backup quarterback getting that kind of attention in Bill Belichick's New England? It it would drive him. Well no, and you know what? To, to Princess who's a cowboy fan, why did Tony Romo have have to go this year? If even if he wanted to stay, he had to go, right? Because for the same reason he wasn't creating a distraction by Kneeling, he was creating a distraction by being Tony Romo, and it's Dak Prescott's team. So he had to either go to a different team or go to a broadcast booth, and he chose the broadcast booth. And I think that's Chad's point with Kaepernick. He he would be, by definition, a distraction you don't need. And, and I think, Chad, you hit it what I was going to say on Hardy. I mean, I, I don't like Greg Hardy personally, and I, mm-hmm. I really don't like what he did. But – I think, if, let's put it this way, if we could reincarnate O.J. Simpson in 1968, 
he'd be welcome back in the NFL today if he could play like that. That's just the nature of sports. It's sad to say that's sports. I mean, it doesn't matter what you did. If you're if you're walking and you're not in jail, someone will take a chance on you if you can help them win games. And if you're the backup quarterback, the object is to never see the field. That's the that's the team's plan. We we don't want you to see the field. So uh-huh. I'm not Princess, I'm not getting a having a distraction for that. Princess, I okay. want to ask you this question because you're you're a sports fan. Um, you're knowledgeable about the game of football. Give me your honest assessment of Colin Kaepernick. The quarterback. Let's eliminate everything with the protest and everything else surrounding Colin Kaepernick. Let's just talk. Let's just talk about in between the lines. What are your honest thoughts on Colin Kaepernick, the quarterback? You know, if you you gotten me during the Super Bowl run, I would say um, dual threat, able to steal some third downs with his legs, um, was mm-hmm. pretty much an accurate passer. Um, but I don't see him as that leader of late. Can I give him some excuses? He was on a horrible team. I've been yelling that, mm-hmm. but the fact still remains they did not win. And if your leader of the team, the face of the, of the franchise, is not impacting wins and losses, maybe you got a problem. So I kind of agree now, okay, he's a, mm-hmm. he's a backup quarterback. But my, I also feel – on the football field, he's not the number 97th player at that position. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, no, uh, yeah. no, no. Oh, my God, no. I mean, if you're – no, he's definitely better than a lot of guys that are backups right now. But, again, I think yeah. that that's where this conversation comes full circle. Most teams realize that unless you have the 1975 Steelers defense, if your backup's mm-hmm. playing for, for any extended period of time, you're not winning. At the year, you're, you're probably not winning anything. Okay, nobody's gonna take that distraction. I completely agree with your assessment. There's definitely not 97, 96 guys better than Colin Kaepernick, but he's also not good enough, I think, to warrant the distraction. I'm going to tell you something else too. That what's funny in the NFL, you know, we were talking before a little bit about racism with the issue. A lot of national broadcasters try to try to lump every black quarterback they don't realize they're doing it into mm-hmm. the i think the same basket you know they'll say oh you know uh, uh Dak Prescott's like uh and they'll, and they'll pick a guy like whatever Cam Newton and it's not right. it's not the case you know Dak yeah. Prescott is not Colin Kaepernick D- Dak mm-hmm. Prescott's probably closer to Tom Brady than he is Colin right. Kaepernick right they're, they're I've heard different the Randall players. Cunningham I've heard the Randall Cunningham um comparison Right, no, but I'm not, saying, do you, do you, ever, do you guys ever notice that they try to take a quarterback? Of course. Because of course, and they'll say, "Oh, well, you know, they lump every black quarterback into like to me as a guy watching this into like this basket that they they can easily." And it's not; it doesn't work that way. I mean, Colin Kaepernick is a guy who just wants to run around with the football. Chad made a great joke three years ago. He said it's like fifth grade recess when he was in Brooklyn. Okay, it, it, as soon as he gets the ball, he just starts every, running around back there. Improvisation. Everything's improvisation. I'll even I'll, I'll also say this to you, Princess. If you're if you're a backup quarterback, um, it's super important that you know the system and you are able to run the system that exists with that team um, the way the offensive coordinator wants it. And here's the other thing too: if I'm gonna have a backup quarterback, it's not in my best interest to have it be a guy that's gonna run around with the football. Because let's say you're in Pittsburgh and um, ben Roethlisberger goes down. 
then I bring in Colin Kaepernick. And Roethlisberger's out six weeks, and I've got Colin Kaepernick in there, and he's a guy that's going to run around with the ball, and that means he's open to being more injured than the next guy, and then he gets dunked on his head because he's scrambling around with the ball. Now I've got a serious problem. I'm down to my third quarterback. Some teams don't even carry a third guy. You're looking at an emergency quarterback coming in. A backup quarterback, I'd prefer that it be a pocket passer who's just going to distribute the ball to the receivers and the other guys that we've paid and just hold this thing down until we get back in. So it's almost to a point now where Colin Kaepernick is a a starter or bust because he's a guy that's going to run around. Let's not forget that he missed – he ended a season because of a shoulder injury, and that's because he's a guy that's going to run with the ball. That's a big thing for him. And that was in vogue back then. I mean, RG3 had a great rookie season because he could run around with the ball. But what ended up happening was those guys on defense are savages. They're savages. And, and, and coaches started saying, you know what? This guy's going to put it in the running back's belly and pull it out. He's no longer a pocket passer. He's not going to have all of these protections that the rules allow. Kill the quarterback. And that's the mentality. So those are some of the things okay. that are plaguing Colin Kaepernick. Awesome, awesome, awesome perspective, guys. Thank you. I'll continue to listen in. Have a Thanks great day. Thanks for show. listening. Thank you, Princess. Thanks for calling. Um, yeah, and that's 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 another issue too, Emil. Is that she has her um, own shows? You know, she 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 knows her she sports. She does, and I, yeah, <laughs> I, I definitely I definitely want to give Princess a shout out. She's she's right here on um, Blog Talk Radio. She has um, never had it so good. Radio, you guys can look it up. She got um, not only her own show, but um, she's got a little network of of people that. And we get along with her. She's a huge Florida Gator fan. You know, my, uh-huh. my, my adopted second team after the Trojans, and obviously you have a rooting interest there, big time. And sure. uh, she's a Cowboys fan, so that's perfect. No, that's a a, a two for one there. But no, I don't want to just boil it down to that. She's very good at what she yeah. does, and folks should give her show a listen. Awesome job. But um, that's another part of this, and let's talk about that, Emil. Um, am I? Do you see it that way? I don't want my backup quarterback running around. He's my backup. He's like my emergency. Um, He's he's my he's my virus thing with, and I need that well, thing working. Yeah, if he goes down, if he goes down, I mean it's, it's bad enough when you're on your backup quarterback, but but when he goes down, you're pretty much, it's over. I mean, you know, if your backup's down, it's it's you know, turn out the lights as, as Don Meredith used to sing, the party's over because when you're on your third quarterback, it's either going to be, a you know, some guy from the practice squad, a rookie, or you know, some guy who's 40 years old. That's hanging around well, and you know can't throw the ball of, twenty uh, yards. Yeah, you're, you're pulling some guy out of the grocery that was stocking shelves. Shout out to Kurt Warner who was just uh, last weekend inducted into the NFL Hall of Fame. They took him um, out of out of a grocery store, and that's what you're essentially going to be down to. And then at that point, you're just you're just getting lucky. And you know, I know everyone wants to draw these conclusions because they've been, you know, let, let's face it, you got a lot of guys playing in the NFL, and there are a ton of guys who have gotten into some trouble um, who have been allowed to stay on rosters, and everyone is wanting to pull those, you know, particular incidents or people into this whole discussion as a comparison, and it's not always that easy. I think probably the most, the most valid one, if there is one that I think people could make is maybe the whole thing with Ben Roethlisberger and he's been accused of sexual misconduct, accused twice on it. But, you know, the the part of this that, you know, makes it difficult is that he's a starting quarterback and a pretty damn good starting quarterback, which speaks to uh, our, you know, our point that 
if you can, if they truly believe you can win games, they'll almost excuse anything. Well, you know what? And, and I know everyone likes to go on a soapbox, and it might not even be right. Like I, I, I mean, I don't like Greg Hardy. I mean, I think the guy's got a screw loose. He won't be the only guy in the NFL with a screw loose. But I mean, I think that guy's got major psychological issues. But your point yeah. is, he was a supreme talent as a pass rusher at one point teams are willing to take that risk if they think that guy can come in and get to the quarterback 10 or 12 times right wrong or indifferent and before anybody goes well that's wrong well it happens every day look you work at a company okay you have a job there's a great sales guy at your company but man what a pain in the ass he doesn't turn his expense reports in on time when you get them down there in accounting they don't have all the receipts with them you have to hunt them down but you know what they're not going to fire him you know why brings in money Conversely, it's, I'm going to pick on IT again. You got the poor guy in IT. He's going through a tough time at home. They see that he's coming in late twice a week. They write him up with HR, and they tell him if he does it again, they're going to fire him. You know why? Because they think they can replace him easier than the sales guy. And it's I really mean, that and that's, simple. That's all. That's all over society. I'm glad that you brought that up because I've had my fair share of sales jobs in my lifetime, and one of them was selling vacations. Um, don't judge me, but I was selling vacations when I was fresh out of uh, the game of football. And we had a guy in the office where uh, that every time he made a sale, he'd leave the office, he'd go downstairs into the parking lot, and he'd crack a cold one, Emil. He'd go in there, and he'd, uh, he'd drink himself a beer. And by the end of the night, he'd be sloshed, and he'd say the, he'd say the damnedest things on air, uh, I mean on the phone, to the people that called. And you know what? He would get sales. But everyone else in the office had to deal with this guy being obnoxious, either in his cubicle or staggering around or saying foolish things to people who were trying to, you know, do business there. But he was uh, a top salesman. And at some point... He wasn't getting fired. They they probably started bringing him a cooler to keep his beers cold. I mean, at the end of the day, he wasn't getting fired because he brought in the revenue. Let me tell you what happened. This guy stopped selling like that. And he was still leaving the room to go get a bear, and he'd still be sloshed, but the numbers weren't there. And you know what happened? He disappeared, Abel. I started coming to work, and his cubicle was empty. And um, I started feeling funny that we didn't have this sideshow towards the end of the night. Like, work got boring. And so I just went and asked, you know, the the, the boss one is, you know, what happened to this guy? Um, he's not here anymore. What's the deal? And... Um, he said, "Hey, I had to let him go." I was, I was shocked. You know, I was as shocked well, as anyone. So, right, but that's that's how you know that, and that's really our jobs, the things we do for a living, just microcosms of this stuff we watch on TV and professional sports. I mean, it's a, they're jobs these guys get paid to do, and you know, it's sort of a the locker room is your office, and you know, there's quirky guys, you know, there's guys in the locker room that are mean there's guys that are uh, talkative and gregarious and outgoing i mean it's just like anything you know you go to an office building with a hundred people same deal right exactly exactly well you know what uh, colin kaepernick was not the only controversial quarterback um in the news here over the last couple of weeks there was another one and he plays college football and he plays it in that town that you love so much in the city of los angeles it's josh rosen we're going to talk about him, Josh, his statements, and um, was he right or wrong in what he said? We'll talk about that when we get back on the Gridiron Stud Show right after this. I see I'm too late. Got nothing in my brain. 
Back on the Gridiron Stud Show. Chad Wilson, Emil Calamino here with you. Emil, I know you're a big USC fan, um, and you won't be able to resist taking a shot uh, at the school across town. But somehow I feel like maybe you uh, you might be in agreement with some of the things that Josh Roshan has had to say. Uh, have you had a chance to read it? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I don't necessarily think he's wrong. Where I think he's wrong is I don't think the kid exercises good judgment. I mean, what is he, 20, 21 years old? I mean, just because you say something and it's true when you're in that position, I'm not sure it's in your best interest. You know, he, he said some things. He took some shots at other schools. I mean, I don't know if you're familiar with this. Forbes did a list, Forbes magazine, of the schools that best combine athletic and, and academic prowess. Uh, and, and Florida, by the way, was on the list. They're in the top 25. I forget where. But, you know, the top three were pretty easy. I, I didn't read the methodology. Right. It was Stanford, <clears throat> UCLA, and USC. Obviously, three great schools win a lot of games. I don't know what, what formula they use for sports. I know both Stanford and UCLA have better women's programs generally than, than USC. Um, USC's mm-hmm. won more men, so I don't know what they did. But anyway, um, 
he took some shots, you know, saying that, you know, raise the SAT scores at Alabama and see how good Alabama's team is. And, you know, I'm not sure that's – I'm not sure he's wrong if you're having a beer with the guy. But mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you really want to say that as the quarterback. You're kind of going to have to deal with now what falls out from that and you become, again, a distraction. Hey, Amel, and it's not Amel, time out. You can raise the SAT scores at Alabama. Ain't nothing going to change. You and I know that. <laughs> Ain't nothing going to change. They're still going to get that guy. You know what I'm uh, talking about. Yeah, no, okay. no, well. You're yeah, yeah, with you. And he's going to get it. I know. All I'm trying to say is I think young Mr. Rosen has, has caused his share of controversy in his three years here at UCLA. He's done some different yeah. things right down to the hot tub in his room. Sure. Um, it's an unneeded distraction for a football program that really, as I told you on the show, when they were having their fun and Jim Mora was running around yelling, we own L.A. when USC was still on probation, I said the minute that probation ends as far as the scholarship limitations, adios UCLA. And uh, it's pretty much been the case. So if I was him, I'd shut my mouth and just play football. You know what's coming, right? What? What do you think's coming? Josh Rosen making controversial statements, taking controversial stands, saying controversial things. Uh, predict the future here on what's coming, what people are going to say. What do I think is coming for Mr. Rosen? Just um, I, can you see a comparison getting ready to be made if it hasn't been made already? Who would we talk about in the first part of this show? Oh, you I mean what, you, what, you, you think there's going to be a boycott of, of, of Rosen? or Help me here. Where are you going with this? Um, Colin Kaepernick took a controversial stand and can't right. get a job in the National Football League. Josh Rosen okay. is being controversial, and people are talking about him being a first-round draft pick. They're both quarterbacks. Can you see what's coming? Oh. Can you? Oh well, I mean, the, oh yeah. He's going to have to. First of all, he's going to have to light it up this year if he's coming out to be a first-round pick. Because I'm telling you right now, I see where you're going with this. No NFL mm-hmm. team. Okay, wants a rookie with a big pie hole spouting off unless he can definitely, definitely back it up on the field. So unless he's a surefire top ten pick where it's like, hey, this guy can't miss, he's going to fall because of his mouth. You know, have we ever seen that before, though? Have we ever seen anything like that? Have we ever seen a player drop in the draft because of – um, you know, comments that he's made when he was in college, um, stances that he's taken. I don't, I can't off the top of my head recall that ever happening. And who? Well, but we've also lived in a new like time that? now. You got to remember, in the last ten years, the pro, well, let me draw know, back social to, media has gotten so let much. Me, I mean, let's draw back to this guy though, Emil. How controversial was Brian Bosworth? He was pretty controversial. Extremely, first round pick. But what were, were they? Were they? He was controversial in his actions, but was he controversial? I don't remember him. Now I was in high school back during the Boz days. I used to like him because I thought he was funny. I don't mm-hmm. remember him really taking stances on what I'm going to call social issues. You know, basically where Rosen said football and and school don't go together. Okay, you're taking a stance. Um, Kaepernick social issue. I don't remember Bosworth well, well, necessarily well, taking. Stand, he took a stand. It seemed against the same people that Josh Rosen has taken a stand against, and that is the NCAA. 
You know, he now granted, um, they went after Bosworth if 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 memory serves correct for um, possible steroids and then also um, something with amateurism. So he took a stand against the NCAA and how it is that they treat athletes. Um, something that well, what are we talking about? Thirty years later, it still exists, and Josh Rosen is speaking out about it. So I'm telling you right now that the draft is going to be watched very closely. And if Josh Rosen is taken in the first round or even the second round, um, this Kaepernick is going to come back up. I can promise you right now it's going to come back up. And how hard it's going to come back up is the question, but it's going to come back up. Well, you know, I, I hear what you're saying, and I hear you know his points aren't lost on me, but I do think he's missing a bigger point. He's trying to suggest that you know football is a job, and so in school is you just can't do both of them. But I think what a lot of these guys forget, and you've talked about this at different points as we've discussed college football, if you got two football factories playing each other, let's say it's whatever uh, Alabama and USC, Alabama, Texas, whatever, got two hundred guys standing out there on the field. Maybe, maybe of those 200 guys, 40 to 50 are eventually going to play in the NFL. So there's a good chance, and I'm talking two powerhouse programs that produce tons of NFL talent. Probably 80% of the guys on the field that day are not going to play in the NFL. So I think to, to suggest that the education isn't important and you're just there to play football I, I don't. I, th- I think you're doing a disservice to most of the guys that that play college football and know that hey, this is going to be my last stop because even if I'm I'm very very good, I'm not NFL good. Um, yeah. And and uh, and, and, uh, go ahead. and they use it to get an education. And I think the smart ones do. You know, parlay. Uh, you know, their love for football. They have a lot of fun playing it, and they get a good education for nothing or for not a lot. I mean, they put the, obviously the effort into playing football, but what I'm saying is they don't pay for it. It works out for both sides. So I'm not saying it's necessarily – I think he's doing a disservice to, to a lot of people. I, I fall on both sides of um, some of the points that that Rosen made. The points that I, I, I really strongly agree with is where he says that there are people, quote-unquote, in the organization or the institution that are supposed to be there to help you um, on the surface, it looks like that's what their job is to do. But when you dig deeper, their job really is to keep you eligible and on the field. And so you may have young men who are trying to pursue certain degrees um, and trying to accomplish certain things academically while being a college football player, and they're being strongly encouraged or prevented from doing so because of their football schedule. There are some majors that you take um, that will require – classes to be taken at hours in which you are you have to do football stuff. And um, you're not going to be able to take those classes. And because you cannot take those classes, you, you know, you can't pursue that major. It would take a seriously understanding head coach and staff to allow you to miss a practice or two uh, during the week or leave early from a practice or come late to a practice because of a class that's taken at an odd hour for you to pursue your degree. And let's face it, the kind of pressure that 
college football head coaches are under, it's going to be very difficult to be that understanding, especially when you're talking about your quarterback. But I, I'm, I'm talking about this for everyone that's playing on the, on the field. Yeah, well, and, that, and that's, a, that's a valid point. And, you know, a lot of these guys aren't in a position to say, well, screw it, being a doctor means more to me than, than playing football because if they say that, they lose the scholarship and they don't and you know, they can't pay Bible for this. Yes. You know, so yeah. you're going to start off in the hole in life. And so I, I get that. The part that um, I'm not so gung-ho about is, is just the work, is the whole workload uh, um, and the two jobs. You know what, man, life is about, and success in life is about managing um, your time. And, I mean, I went through it. Um, and I know a lot of guys just don't take the education part of this thing seriously. They don't take the education part seriously. They don't take the fact that you are an athlete that everyone's interested in, so time to go network and meet some people. They just don't take that uh, seriously. They shun that whole thing to the side, and they are pissing away an opportunity. And I've seen that done time and again, and you try and talk to them and tell them about it, and they just don't want any part of it. Uh, they'd much rather spend their time uh, all their time in their dorm room uh, playing video games as opposed well, to going out and meeting people and having something something set up in the event that you don't make it at the next level. And, you know, especially at these schools where that, that are in major cities. I mean, I'm not, not that this can't happen at every school, but, I mean, you know, you, you're in a school in Los Angeles. My God, the networking opportunities, sure, you might be behind the eight ball studying. I don't think there's a that better one. That might be one. the disadvantage. I don't think there's a better one in all the country. Because there isn't a big-time college football power in Manhattan. And right now, Los Angeles is where it's at. I mean, uh, oh, everything's my. moving to Los Angeles. Oh, if you're, I mean, if you're playing ball at SC or UCLA and you don't see the opportunity in front of you, sure, it might be harder for you to study than your friend who doesn't play football in your frat house and, you know, he's got all the time in the world. But you've also got an opportunity he doesn't got because he's got, you've got access to people that want to meet you People's just because – they want you to play you. sports. They want to get to know yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's one of the biggest areas in which student-athletes, just um, football players in particular, really drop the ball. Maybe you're not a big school guy, all right? Not everyone needs to be a straight-A student, okay? But you're not going to do that part. Man, go, go meet people. I mean, you take a tour around USC's campus and – um, you just l- listen to the names of people who have been involved with the campus, um, oh. who have either you know given their time or made donations that allowed buildings to be made. That's a who's who. So you realize these people are somehow, some way connected with the school. That are they? It sounds to me like they come around. It's kind of well. An, I mean, UC, UCLA a, and an USC. Thing. I mean, SC you know, oh, is, is is basically big in the entertainment industry. So if you go. To say a school like SC, you have um, the Star Wars guy Lucas. He he went there. Will Ferrell went there. Penny Lucas, Marshall, Ron Howard. Lucas you can go on and on. So you've got yeah access Lucas to all and these Spielberg people. Spielberg made a bet, Emil. They made a bet over something. I forget exactly what it was. And um, I guess I think Lucas lost the bet, and and the you know the loser had to build a make a building, a cinema school. Uh, at USC or at, uh, I mean, this is what rich people do. Must be we're nice to bet buildings, huh? Hey, what's what's yeah, bet a building? You and I will wager ten dollars on uh, who's going to win the USC 
um, Stanford game, these guys bet buildings, and, and, and you know, the loser had to build a, a wing to the yeah. cinema school there. So, I mean, and your, uh, hey, I your town's not lacking either. I mean, a guy at the University of Miami, if you're not networking down there, I mean, there's another city, you know, hopping with opportunities, you know, for, for athletes. It's it, You know, it's a happening place. I mean, come on, you've got all this this access, so don't cry to me about your schedule and that you you know it's hard. Life's hard. Get a helmet, man. I mean, life's hard. Yeah, I don't know exactly what they want. So there's a little bit of that there. I don't know that Josh Rosen really made all these comments, um, speaking about himself specifically. He may have been trying to take up, um, you know, take on some issues that are plaguing some of his teammates. Um, and not himself necessarily. You know, you want to know the part about this, and this will go into both of the uh, individuals that we talked about today. The media's role in these things really cracks me up. Because here's what I found out. You know when Josh Rosen made those statements? Probably a long March. time ago. Yeah. March. So someone sat on this and said, hey, with the football season coming up, this would be a really great time to drop this out there. And here we are. We get them on August 7th or 8th or whatever. He made them in March. And for a man, for a young man that age, he could be he, his whole mindset could have changed from March to oh, August. Yeah. Well, you know, the the media, we've talked about this for years on the show. It's a constant theme. Um they love to build people up, and I don't care what it is. It could be business, politics, sports. They love to build you up and get you really high, and then they like to pick at your carcass when they cut out the, the, the tree stand and you're falling down. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And when it comes to Colin Kaepernick, right now I, I, I think they're the, the biggest enemy. I mean, for some reason they continue to pound away on why Kaepernick is not, you know, why he's not signed. Um, and the, the sheep in the public continue to follow, and they realize that they have an audience with this thing that they can sell ads for and they can get clicks for, and they're going on and on and on. What's, what's killing me, too, now is that celebrities are jumping into this thing, and they're running with it to bring attention to, you know, uh, to themselves and whatever projects they may have coming up. It's, it's killing me. And all the while, like Spike Lee is jumping into this thing right now. I'm a football Spike Lee watching. I, I've got no, no clue. He's, but he's, all he's, I know is Spike goes to every Knicks. Does he still go to every Knicks game, or is he done with that, too? I don't know. It might not be his, you know, bet interest to be in Knicks games right now. But when they're winning, front and center, just like Jack Nicholson. So um, Spike Lee is talking about a boycott. Man, what? A boycott? What do you t- – what? Yeah. I or mean, what do you – I mean, you know, the, the you, other thing, be, going back to Kaepernick, though, there there is a thoughtful way to do a protest. You know where he hurt himself a little bit? When he did the, the kneeling, mm-hmm. I, I'm not so sure that was – as bad as the aftermath, he was wearing socks at practice that were calling the police pigs. I mean, you know, I've told people yeah. this: there's good and there's good and bad in every profession. Okay, there's doctors that that have malpractice; they just don't do a good job. That doesn't mean you right. never go to the doctor, right? You find a good doctor. Right. I mean, right. so there's bad cops, sure, just like there's bad doctors and bad engineers and bad accountants and lawyers and. Uh, people that serve you ice cream that don't do it very well. Okay, sure. I mean, yeah, there's bad everything absolutely. in the world, but that doesn't mean most of them are bad. And I think when you have a thoughtful protest, you bring attention to an issue, you get it in the public conversation. That's a good thing. But when you start going after groups like calling the police pigs, I guarantee you, if there's a problem at Kaepernick's house, he's going to call the police. No doubt about it. Uh, I mean, unless he's heavily armed. 
You know what <laughs> right. I mean? So, yeah, unless he's just armed to the to the. Speaking of that, Amal, I, I just saw something on my Twitter feed. Um, that is just I, I can't believe what I'm looking at. Walmart. We're all familiar with Walmart, one of the biggest retailers, if not the biggest. Well, you know, Amazon is that now, but uh, yeah. one of the biggest retailers in this country um, is apologizing because, they, you know, it's back to school time. The kids got to go to school and they've got to get items, notebooks, pen, mm-hmm. paper, your three ring binder, your trapper keeper. How about that? Trapper keeper. All right. This particular Walmart has this had this sign up in their store. On the school year, like a hero, guess what they were selling? What? Rifles. They were selling what? Rifles. Bang, bang. Rifles? Rifles. You've got to be kidding me. (laughs) The sign was hung above a set of rifles, promoting the rifles. With the sign, on the school year, like a hero. (laughs) I'm laughing to stop crying. You can't make this stuff up. Who Who thought that was a... Oh, my God. I mean, unbelievable. I'm going to retweet this because I just can't not retweet it. Put that on Facebook so I can see it. I don't like Twitter. You like Twitter. Put it on Facebook so I can see it. Oh well, what if I retweet it on on Twitter? It's gonna end okay, up on just, Facebook. Okay, I gotta see this. This is that. No, that You're, that's special. You can't I, make I can't that stuff up. I believe that this is true. It's just unbelievable. So come come to Walmart, get your pen, get your paper, and if there's any trouble this year, pick up a rifle, and get it handled. Well, well, unbelievable. Hey, listen, we talked about this on the show last year. You you do remember that Florida State University said it's okay to bring your gun to the game as long as you leave it in the car. I do remember that, yes. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> N- nothing at all, you know. Um, drunk guy spills beer on your shoes. That's uh, that's the end of his life. Honey, I'm going to the car. This, it's, this, these are fighting times. I'm going to the car. He's wearing a Clemson jersey. Yeah, let's settle this whole thing. You know, how dare he come here without uh, the proper attire on. Let's smoke this guy. Unbelievable. All right, let's talk about the future for the Gridiron Stud Show. Um, um, we we got to get into some predictions because that's what we do here. So next week, we're going to be dishing out our college football prediction. A uh, week after that, we got to hit the NFL. And as you know, in the NFL, we try to predict. Uh, not only are we trying to predict who's going to end up in the end of this thing, in the playoff run, um, we try to give you a uh, a final record each one of the NFL teams, so we're going to be doing that. And, Emil, you've got a little time to get um, to, to get yourself together and figure out how you think this thing is going to shake out in the NFL. Your team uh, happens to be one of the more intriguing uh, ones coming into the season for more than one reason. Uh, Why? Well, I, actually, I think, like I think we should get Robert Shapiro, the guy who does uh, the, the legal Zoom. I think we need him on retainer. I mean, you guys need something. You're putting quite, quite the uh, – all bail squad in together there right now in for Dallas. But that's what we got coming up, college football predictions, uh NFL predictions in two weeks and uh the 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 football season is upon us. I've got a football game, Emil, here um in in a little bit over a week. 
I'm going to be on a high you school guys football start really, You guys start much earlier. I mean, up here it's usually like that last Friday in August. You're like the week before, I think, right? You're probably about uh, like the second last Friday yeah, in we're, August. We're, we're, August 18th is our first game, yeah. and we you know we're high profile. We're a national, nationally recognized program, so we have what's known as a kickoff classic, a full-out game. It just won't count on the final standings. Last year, Booker we had T. Washington, Booker right? T. Washington. We lost Why that game. Why doesn't the game we count? Wait, game. help me with this. Why don't you guys count that you play real football, right? I mean, you're not, you're trying to win. Why don't you count the game? It's just put. It's just billed as and uh, scheduled as a kickoff classic. Um, exhibition. You know, it's an ex- In other yeah. words, it's an exhibition. You can play some kids in the game if you if you if you choose to. Sure. You can play some kids that might sure. not play as much. During the year, uh, you you can use the term exhibition. I would caution you against using that because when you hear exhibition, you're thinking NFL and the starters are out in the first or second quarter. Not quite what goes on here. There's a lot of pride on the line, so you're trying to win this football game. But at the end of the day, if you win it, it's not going to show up in your win loss. If you lose it, it's not going to show up in your win loss. But we do again have Booker T. Washington. We're going to play at their place this year, so that's in a little bit over a week. And looking forward to it. Is that on TV this year? I uh, no, amazingly, not going to be on television. We will have an ESPN game this year against Chaminade uh, High School, Chaminade Madonna High School. But uh, that game is not going to be on TV. Should it be? Absolutely, it should be on TV. We're For new listeners, things. Chad is a coach at American Heritage, which is uh, one of the premier programs in the Miami area, as is Booker T. Washington. So if anybody's new to the show and they haven't picked up on that that's uh you, you they don't know where you coach yeah they they don't american heritage high school in plantation florida all right uh that's it for us uh we're glad I, we got down here and we shook some rust off and got to like that oh I'm, I'm excited there's a lot to talk about and you know the off-field stuff at, at some point i don't know when you cross that line in age but i find the off-field stuff anymore almost more entertaining than the on-field sometimes that's a shame, but that's the world uh, that that we're living in right now. So we've been plenty entertained with off-the-field stuff. And you know what? Uh, a part of me would like to ignore some of it, but you simply can't. you got to talk about these things. It's what everyone is talking about. So that's it for us. Uh, until next week, enjoy yourselves. And um, hopefully we're all still here, man, because they're talking about bombing us, and our president's talking about bombing them back. I hope we're still around next week. Yeah, we will be. Next good show. All right, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Gridiron Stud Show. Hey, man, how many offers do you have? Well, I got about 10. Miami, Florida, Florida State, Auburn, USC, and more. How many you got? None yet. None? Is this you? Are you sitting there with no offers whatsoever? Are you a good football player? Then head over to gridironstuds.com right now. At Gridiron Studs, you can create your own profile for free and post your highlight video. College football coaches are visiting gridironstuds.com on a daily basis looking for prospects. But they won't find you if you're not there. Don't keep your talents on the field a secret. Put up your free profile right now on gridironstuds.com and get college football coaches' eyes on you. Visit us now at gridironstuds.com or follow us on Twitter at gridironstuds. Gridironstuds.com. Make yourself be seen.